Hey guys. That was too many mic check references. I shouldn't yeah. just, I just, just one. It's okay, we got one, him. One was we got him. No, they were very funny. We know. Uh, my name is Nate Cordry. Uh, you're listening to Reading Aloud right now. This is a book club episode. This is episode 57 of the podcast. I have new faces. I have old faces. I want to introduce you to them. But first, let's meet uh, Sam Kiefer. We know old Sam. Faces. Sam is an old face. That's He's an engineer. Which, by the way, I do not care for that nickname. No, yeah. good old old face. Mm. Uh, he engineers and produces this show. Hi, Sam. Hey, everybody. Um, this is your third or fourth book club. This is the fourth time fourth. I cried my way through a book. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time we get responses through email and Twitter about how compelling your thoughts are about <laughs> each book, people adore you and love you. Do you feel that positive energy coming into your brain and spine? Uh, we'll see after this one. I don't know. I think this is going to be great. I think okay. you're going to be very thoughtful. Do you feel me touching your brain and spine right mm-hmm. now? You just heard the voice, the rich, soothing tone of Jimmy Simpson. That's Jimmy Simpson is an old friend. He's sitting to my right. The Hi, close, Jimmy. Close old friends. Hi, Nathan. Uh, Jimmy, is. this is his first time on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the first time he's been a part of the Reading Aloud experience. I've had that experience twice. He's done live shows <laughs> at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Yes, sir. Uh, and this is your first time doing the book club. Uh, welcome. Gratefully. Thank, yes, thank you. you. Thank you. It's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask, period, for, to have someone come on your podcast. But then to do homework for a podcast is another thing in itself. So thank you. And to buy things. I'm seeing everyone has uh, the same book. I brought the, uh, the unabridged uh, collection of Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, no. Told by Kenny Loggins. Oh, no. Was that wrong? Yeah, that was a completely different book. Okay. But we'll get into it in the end. I'm sure you have. I see your notebook open. I'll so read his book while you introduce everyone else. Atomic. What's the one with the... With the um, uh, he has like an H-bomb coming out of his head. Yes. That's Atomic Adam Bomb. Mike? Adam, Adam Bomb. Bomb. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> I believe it's Adam Bomb. I don't You've have met... that book, but I, do. <laughs> I, really have I really truly, truly have that book. Jimmy Simpson is here. Sam Kiefer is here. Susanna Fogel is back. Hi, Susanna. Hi. Uh, one of my favorite members of the book club. This is your fourth? I think fifth? so. I mean, yeah. you've, you've the Friends a... encountered us two or three sessions. That was several. Yeah. yeah, that was hardcore. That was like, uh, that was a traumatic experience for some of us. Mm-hmm. Not for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tenders of the Night, um, The Invaders. You've done a bunch. I have. Um, so welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for reading this book and being a part of that the book club. That was a pleasure. Club. It was great. Um, good. Julie Sharbett is here. She is a first time Reading Aloud book club participant. Are you anxious? Are you excited? Are you feeling melancholy? Oh, I'm so excited. Good. I wish you could see how big my eyes are right now. They're guys. enormous. <laughs> They're like cartoon huge. Oh, yeah. And that's not eye makeup. That's just your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just irises and such. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Julie is here. Julie is an actor and a writer and a comedian. She lives out here in Los Angeles, but may not, maybe not forever. Ooh. We'll see how that goes. I miss New York. Um, she's <laughs> also another Williamstown person. We Jimmy's, all miss New York. We all miss <laughs> New York, don't we? <laughs> we do. Uh, Julie, thank you for doing homework and coming in and talking about this book. Oh, my about pleasure. Loneliness and sadness. Ryan Cartwright is back, uh, a multiple reading aloud participant. Last time was for uh, All the Light We Cannot See. Yeah. Right? Which is a very different novel than this one. Lovely and long. This Lo- one short and long. <laughs> yeah. Short and nice. Yeah, yeah. And then I forced you into a live book club. <laughs> At Skylight Books, when very few, few people showed up to the H's for Hawk live book club podcast, you were in the audience, and I was like, well, I'm just going to go up to Ryan and force him to be a part of this. <laughs> and you were very generous. You were kind and answered my questions and like gave a thoughtful take it's on the book. It's not that much to do. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> Ryan Cartwright is back. We're talking about our souls and if our sound if our voices sound different it's because we're in a new studio today big news at earwolf they are doing massive construction at the earwolf offices 
all the sound studios are getting redone. The offices are getting redone. So your podcasts, your comedy podcasts are going to sound a lot different from now on. So we're in a cool new space, an Echo Park. Uh, we all read Our Souls at Night. Ken Haruff, uh, he is most famous for writing novels about the same town, this fictional town in Colorado called Holt, um, where he, li- he lived in Colorado. Um, he is the author of five previous novels. Um, his honors include a Whiting Foundation Writer's Award, the Mountains and Plains Booksellers Award, the Wallace Stegner Award, and a special citation for the Penn Hemingway Foundation. Uh, he was also a finalist for the National Book Award, the LA Times Book Prize, and the New Yorker Book Award. He died in November 2014 at the age of 71 uh, before this book was published. And I want to start there. So he was writing this book as he was dying from lung cancer. And it informs the book enormously. Did any did people not Ryan is shaking his head like holy shit. No. Yeah, of course. I could I could tell yeah. he was dying. Because I, I assumed I assumed whoever wrote this was dying is dead immediately and didn't have enough time to put anything in fucking quotes. Anybody, <laughs> someone wrote this who was dying it was like no time. We will get into punctuation. He was born before quotes. Born yes. Yes. Uh did, did you know that Jimmy? Yeah, lack of punctuation notwithstanding. I I did one I didn't know this this writer uh, and so I neither found, did I yeah. yeah and so I I looked him up and I found that and I thought it made absolute sense uh, with what he was trying to say what he was really trying to tell us all yeah I loved it I want to play a very short clip from an interview from the Wall Street Journal that um, they covered sort of his when in uh, our souls at night came out um, they wanted to talk a little bit about his life and his marriage because it relates to the book so I just, this is a two minute clip I just want to play it very quickly. So, um, this is a second marriage, and they found each other later in life, around 48 years old, they went to their 30th high school reunion, and um, they had been friends in high school. They had double dated, played in the band together, um, but they had never dated each other. They'd been good friends. They reconnected um, and sort of rekindled this friendship at their 30th. But at this point, they were both married to other people, had families, the whole thing. Right. One had five kids, the other had three. They were both married, but they rekindled this friendship, and a few years later, both of their marriages had ended. Um, So they came together, and they were married in 1995. And this was around the time that Kent Harriff was working on his most famous novel, which came out in 1999, Plain Song, which tells the story of these two old cantankerous bachelor farmers who take in this teenage girl who's pregnant. Um, and that book really sort of put him on the map and was a bestseller. And tell us now about this novel, which he wrote at the end of his life. The title is significant, isn't it? Right. So it's called Our Souls at Night. And when he was diagnosed with a lung disease, he told his wife, I'm going to write a book about us. And it's not a literal retelling of their marriage, but their favorite time together was at night in bed talking before they fell asleep. And this book tells the story of two older people. In this case, they're both in their 70s and they're both widowed and they're neighbors and friends. And and they have this sort of budding relationship where they lie in bed at night talking. It actually starts with a kind of a very forward proposition. Um, a woman named Addie knocks on her neighbor's door and asks if he would like to come over at night to lie in bed with her. Not for sex, but just to talk. Just to talk. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And so then tell us, how did he finally pass? 
So he wrote the book over the summer, last summer. As he was suffering from lung disease, correct? Right. He, he had this, this um, burst of creative energy. He wrote a chapter a day for 45 days. And then his wife, Kathy, and his editor helped him finish it in the months and days before he died. Um, on the night of November 29th, he and his wife went to bed. They talked. They held hands. They fell asleep. And in the morning, he was gone. So that's sort of the foundation of how this book came to be uh and it after listening to that interview and doing some research about his life it makes some of the biggest questions of this book are about death and fear of dying and uh it really jumped out at me that i I forget i think it's lewis's wife when she's dying of cancer um that whole sort of chapter it's scared me because he said that she was scared of dying and it's so often in popular culture, whether it's a movie or a book or whatever, the, it's, you're supposed to be um, uh, fearless in the face of death. If, if you know that you're dying, there's, there's sort of like, you come to terms with it. And that's sort of like this romantic idea of like when you're at the end of your life, you make peace with it and it's okay. And the fact that this woman knew that she was dying and she was scared and never sort of got over that really sort of, freaked me out and I'm wondering if that was the author's take as well or if it was Lewis's take which is like I've gotten to a place where I know that wherever I'm going to be going it's a higher place and a higher power and it's okay um it's one of the big things that I sort of wrapped try to wrap my head around this morning I was doing some research about it was that this sort of these big enormous end of life questions like what is left when you're at the sort of twilight of your years and the fear of death I thought was sort of very prevalent even though it was sort of quietly placed in the book I wonder if any of you guys had thought about that if that jumped out at you that passage about his his wife fearing you know, why, death why won't you help me she asks him yeah uh, it, it was very affecting uh, yeah, yeah, but, and I don't want to distract from from this topic, but ultimately, the the finality of everything, the the um, the fact that death is will come, it that's that wasn't the most resonant yes. feeling I got from yes. this. It was it that was the that's the point, but that's something I'm aware of and I, and I think about a lot. And it was more of like what what I got from what he, what he was filling it up with before that happened. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I also, uh, it was interesting. I, I, I mean, I found that very moving and very, um, my personal beliefs about whether or not people should be assisted uh, certainly yeah. came into play. But I was more soothed and, and not interested. No, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't equal them. But there were other instances of people dying in the company of their loved ones just like sort of quietly crumpling to the floor. Yes. And yeah. that was That's an amazing description. That was like an incredible just like just an idea of just like sort of turning off like the, just it just the flip the switch flips and yeah. you're suddenly Yeah, I thought the way he wrote that fit in with like the the constant theme of abandonment. Yes. That every every person in here at some point every character it seems to have a like just a lot of characters openly are like, hey, you're not going to leave, right? Oh, yeah. Like, just say it. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, even when his wife was leaving, was like, hey, why won't you help me? You know, you're, mm-hmm. why won't you, why are you leaving? Why is everyone? Yeah. It yeah. was kind of nice as well that, uh, like, some of the death, how it would be like a human action that segues into the action of just a dead body to lean 
it becoming oh no a dead body collapsing yeah it's yeah. all these like little arrested actions yeah where you don't see this sudden dividing line of alive death it's just this yeah the like way a he, continuous the way he writes he's like uh, and then i got up just got a cup of coffee and then we went to the bank and he died and then there was a movie <laughs> and you're like whoa wait what was that last sentence yeah like, what yeah, was also, the movie also he, fell, also he fell down and died and you're like all right fuck man like it's when, like so fluidly mixed into it it was yeah. it was it was it was seamless the way yeah. it was like you said uh, that the death of it, his his longtime companion the just crumpling death of ruth mm-hmm. uh, they they it helped me see these um, as tent tent posts you know, it's this is what it is and the way he 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 kind of um, offered all of them to us in these different ways of different perspectives of how you'd feel about them of the time it just is what is and it it was became this like architecture for yes. life it's there yes. and then what are you going to do in there yes absolutely the description that we're talking about is chapter 25 ruth is death it's so simple uh, she's at the bank uh, she took up the money she was withdrawing from savings, folded it into her purse, and zipped the pocket and turned to leave, and turned halfway around toward the door and fell down and died. Just collapsed in a final frail bundle on the tiled bank floor and stopped breathing. So simple. Eleven words and a life is over. And it's just like about the physicality of turning, crumpling, Mm-hmm. gone mm-hmm. so simple and quiet i think in the chapter just preceding it like the words just preceding it um was that the end of that chapter was ruth taking the little boy's face in her hands and saying like be a good man yes i believe that is the first time i cried in the reading of this book yeah. <laughs> softly on my couch sure sure <laughs> very softly yeah yeah uh, so like just gentle shudders yes yeah. the, it, i mean this guy must be He's like the, he's, he's he's very it's very Hemingway it's very sparse and clean short sentences yeah. a, a, as as um, as Hemingway said like write one true sentence he just does that over and over again I got into the car and I drove to the end of the street then I turned to left and I drove into the parking lot and we sat down and had dinner and then I died and then I died <laughs> exactly it doesn't matter what you're describing the banality of getting up and and brushing your teeth or dying in the lobby of a bank. It's like uh, Hemingway without having the insecurity of having a small dick. It's like the the camping scene, for example, which I loved, he allows the boy to walk, um, he allows the boy to walk the dog on his own down the creek and it's such a whatever it's 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 five sentences mm-hmm. but that, that says so much one about that this kid and two about about Addie's trust in lewis and lewis's ability to be a nurturer a father it's such a i don't know if because like when i was in boy scouts the first time like someone said i have the confidence in you to do something on your own and that you're not gonna fucking die and thinking oh my god this is i'm gonna be on my own doing this and that sort of empowerment that a parent or like a mentor gives you, it's just so, it's so small. It's such a small part of the book that 90% of the readers will forget. But for me, it's just such a powerful detail. It did give me sweaty palms, though, knowing how much rested on it. His relationship rests on kind of the care of this kid. It's the like, safety. well, it's not your kid. Yeah, it's like, yeah. as soon as like they sleep in the same bed together, you're like, ooh, what's yes. gonna... And then letting him walk the creek, it's like, it's not your kid. Yeah. Like, Well, let's talk about that. Do you think that they crossed, there were lines that were they were uneasily crossed, the kid sleeping in the bed, him, Lewis, perhaps being uh, becoming too present of a mentor too quickly? What it's do you fine. think? It's fine. You thought, you didn't think it was... <laughs> you got a real Lewis yeah. way of looking at this. I do. <laughs> It's these shifts in focus that were were so affecting to me that we all 
deal with every day of our life. That's what, what life is. And, and generally, we have these things. They consume us. They make us uh, a, a crazy. They make us rude. And then a few days later, it's gone. It, it really didn't mm. matter. Mm. And, and, and our whole life is kind of jettisoning these things that don't really matter and somehow finding our way back to what does. And to hear a, a life story told not through those things, but just what, what, does, what does matter, it, it was just, it was so mm. affecting to me to, 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 to be told by an old man what really... What matters. What really mattered to him. And even, I think it plays on, on every, every little element of it, like with the kid. It's all about like, okay, so you're a, you're, you're a new parent and you've got all this shit and you've got this, this, this marriage and there's all this shit to, to, to try to navigate and, and figure out. And actually what's really important is, is nurturing this boy and you're not worrying it's it's what you can do if you're able to like go like this and 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 force out the bullshit yes and you can't do that when you're just when you're like middle age when you're not an old man you haven't learned all this shit right so they've learned everything and they're just doing and they're articulating how clearly and simply and sweetly you can do all these things yes that we get fucking muddied up yes the yeah. start go ahead oh no i was gonna say that um i noticed that uh, his affair was sort of dealt with in the same way that he talked about death. Like it's a, th- it's a, it's, it happened, but the molecularity of life is like actually just like putting a microscope on those little moments is kind of what matters at that point in your life yes. and not those big things that at the time you think are like the benchmarks of, yes. of your marriage or whatever. And he's yeah. like, yep, but I cheated on my wife. That happened, and yeah. then I, I'm, and I'm and I'm ashamed of it. But I can't go. But I can't go back, and it sort of it is what it is. And let's yeah, it, there's like a certain. He grew from it. He learned. Yeah. like it's part of him. Yeah. I I kind of lost sympathy for him around the when he was like the description of the affair, because he was like it still sounded like he was. He said he regretted it, but he said he regretted uh, making breaking her heart more. Yeah, yeah. than his wife. And I kind mm, of felt yeah. he was still, he was still not kind of confessing up to it or feeling it. And then I felt like he was, he was, there was still, like I empathized with his selfishness. Like I don't think he was a completely sympathetic character. I think he yeah. did realize there's this bookend of life and he was trying to not get away with what he can, but just to, just to in, enjoy himself. But I, I, I didn't feel full sympathy yeah. for him. Well, he's got a bit of like social awkwardness. Like when he when he first describes <coughs> it, I think it's around page thirty eight. It's a made when they're laying in bed and she she asks him. She's like, uh, "Tell me about the affair." He he goes, uh, "So I did this, and then I went here, and I went this." And she openly goes, "Yeah, I don't want to hear about this anymore." And he goes, "Her body was really thin," and she's like, yeah, "That's enough. That's enough." <laughs> yeah. fucking he always like he goes a step or two yeah. a little bit past, but like. He is comfortable about it, and he has that like old man, like just like you said, it happened. This is a thing that happened. Yeah, uh, I've dealt with it. But he also has this seems to have a little hard time being like just because you've you've dealt with it. Also, eh, maybe please shut up now. Like, he also asked about her conceiving her child. Remember? Oh, he's like, but wait, what's the moment that like their first conversations yeah, are amazing? You know, when did penetration down. occur? Yeah, right, yeah, I want to yeah, know. Yeah. He lays down with her, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I remember when your daughter died, and she's like, fuck, dude. All right. Yeah. We'll talk about this later. Yeah, is it a little like, Asperger's? Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that's just, exactly a note. Yeah. Oh, Everyone right. seems to have a little nice. Asperger's. But he also like it, it's we we as as readers and Ryan points us out that, that we may be sort of unsettled by him at times, and yet it's also repeated within um, 
the world of the story, a lot of other characters are uncomfortable with him as well. He's uncomfortable with his behavior, his the woman that he uh, uh, had an affair with, his wife, his kid, and then people in the town. Even the Gene is like, I've heard about you and I don't like you. So he has this sort of dark, he wasn't just like this kind, sweet guy in town. He has a fracture, he has experience, he's made mistakes. And I never fully um, like stepped away from him. I, 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 I was turned off at moments, but I was like, I still, I, I'm still behind this guy. I'm still. This is like calm, steady gaze. Yeah, maybe it's it's the it's the author's. Yeah. That's why I the took back. the cover off. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> I didn't want to be. Uh, it's too much. It's too much. Um, were you going to say something? Well, I I um I really I I, I never once questioned my sympathy never wavered for these two because I <clears throat> I first of all I was reading them especially Lewis as a man of that time and uh, and and the way he was awkward was exactly like my grandfather behaves the way right. he talks about things that are kind of weird and he just gets a little he gets a little awkward yeah uh, but, uncomfortable yeah but the um the uh, Addie and Lewis to me are like two icons of like a major problem uh in 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 humanity and it's like we we have this uh notion that the pairing off uh we, we could, it's gonna happen and so we get our priorities out of whack at a very early age and we start we start going after it and that's the number one goal of life instead of working out how we can stand alone. And so we all pair off and then some of them work, some of them don't. But I never, I got Lewis understanding this relationship, this marriage, that wasn't his, that wasn't his girl. That wasn't exactly. the woman he was supposed to be with. Yeah. Same uh, to a degree for Addie. Yes. And and these people are from a time where that notion, that selfish notion of like, what do I deserve was to really grow didn't exist. Absolutely. Well, so also, these people coming to terms with this idea, you know, without even saying it out loud, it was just so yeah, was 70, pouring over yeah, me like yeah, an ocean. Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, considering the parameters of this, like these people live in this town. It's very small. Right, right. They know everyone who lives there. They're the so farthest, judgmental. Yeah, they're yeah. so they're judgmental. They and the farthest that they discuss going is Texas or Denver. Right. I mean, you don't imagine that any of these people have perhaps been to Paris or right. You know, traveled outside like a network where they know family like or no, north dakota R ruth has a niece in north yeah, dakota yeah 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 a distant niece but yeah. like these aren't people who imagine like huge sweeping outside of their field of vision glories yes yes and so they have to imagine all of their existence and all of their their relationships within this very very small context yeah intimate context with people who will know you forever and to me that was like fun and comforting to sort of to swim in oh and like you said go ahead oh sorry i was just but yeah and and continuing with that it's um the I, the one the most like interesting reaction i had that i observed reading this was my very unfavorable reaction to um the boy's cell phone Yes. Oh, yeah. So, it felt oh. like it sort of yeah. like an intrusion. Jarring. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't belong in the universe that we're no. describing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I had to in. actually go back and reread. It said something about like he took his phone to bed and then I went back and saw his mobile phone. I'm like, oh, right. This is not a period novel. Like this is. Right. Yeah, right. Now, exactly. There's, I love there's, that little needling yeah. thing he kept sticking in there. It was great. Uh, oh, yeah. His to, take to, on mobile phone. To go off on what you were saying, Jimmy, before about relationships and coming to terms with what they really are. Um, page 130, I think, I forget what, uh, what happens at the beginning of this, but he says, um, you're being too hard on yourself again, Addie said. 
Who does ever get what they want? It doesn't seem to happen to many of us, if any at all. It's always two people bumping against each other blindly, acting out of old ideas and dreams and mistaken understandings. Shit, that that is the foundation of every relationship. You bring your own fucking bullshit, you're projecting your nonsense on your partner, and they're doing the same exact thing back to you, and good fucking luck. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> is that the end? It's an end of it chapter, too, right? Yeah. He ends No, no, every- I'm sorry. Oh, okay. there, there is three more, but it's... Because he does these little chapters where he, he breaks up his little chapters to make each sentence that's important to him linger. Because, like, that's when you linger the most on a sentence is if it's the very last of a chapter. Mm-hmm. So he'll drop, like, there's a chapter every two or three pages, yeah. you know, towards and the end. And it could be, like, a book ending <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Too. Yeah. So he's just got, like, just repeatedly him being like, yeah, that's right. Fucking linger on this. Or did you see what I yeah, said? Yeah, yeah. Did you read this? <laughs> there's right, a wonderful, move on now. There's a, b- a wonderful insight when he was talking about, um, he was talking about how he left his wife and came back to her and how his daughter, how he didn't have much of a, relationship with his daughter because he felt like he had abandoned them and come back and he, he was never really to, able to reconcile her mm-hmm. and then it goes into her behavior as an adult he's talking to Addie late at night and she says what about Diane she never said much a- Diane is his uh, ex-wife she never said much afterwards she was hurt and angry when it was starting more then than later more crying I mean I'm sure she felt rejected and mistreated she had good reason to feel that way and that was picked up by our little girl from her mother and probably is a part of her feeling now about men, including me. She has the feeling she has to be a certain way or she'll be abandoned. Uh, t- going back to what you said, Sam, about this sort of continuing theme of abandonment, yeah. whether it's baby mice or grown children, abandonment is sort of like all over this. And I thought that was... Su- I highlighted that passage and I thought, this is some insightful shit from our author Kent, who may have that same relationship with his own daughter, who knows? But mm-hmm. I think it is like, and, and again, something you can't learn mm-hmm. until you have lived it and experienced it. He has, and he's passing it down to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to do a lot of quieting of my own mind to read a lot of this book, like mm. just things that mean different things now, mean um, more yeah. delicate things in the context of this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even the dog's toes missing because people left it out in the cold. Yes. That means something a lot yes. different to me as me in my world than it does in the context of this book. Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that was abandoned. Yeah. A lot of abandonment happening. <laughs> um, let's talk about simple like nuts and bolts punctuation. Uh, there is no punctuation in this book. There is periods. There are commas. There might be one exclamation point, a couple of question marks. No quotations, no semicolons, nothing. Why? I accept your answers. Anyone have a thought about that? It's jarring. But then you adjust to it, and I loved it. I wanted more of it. I think it's, I, I, I read it as the same way that you were saying that, uh, that Lewis reminds you of your grandpa, and that might be unsettling, but that's accurate. I made a note that, uh, you know, there's when you go into a library, there's fiction and there's nonfiction. There should be a category that's accurate nonfiction. So it's like, hey, I want to read a book that's made up but is spot on. Mm -hmm. And then they would guide you to a book like this Mm -hmm. where these are fictional characters, but this is a very real story. And it's written in a way where I think it's even written in a way that pokes you a bit, irritates you a little bit, grinds on you a little bit, but makes you realize, does it fucking matter? Yeah, do you need it? 
did you understand a person was sentenced? Or, I'm sorry, did you understand the person that was saying the sentence? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, it took you 30 seconds to go back and reread. Like, that's how Lewis would talk to you and be like, yeah. well, I'm sorry if it wasn't written in a way. Just fucking read the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just read it. Did you get it? Yeah. Boo, it's 90 pages long. Yeah, exactly. Read your book, yeah. you know? I mean, it was such a conscious choice. I don't know if this is... I haven't read his other books. I'm not sure if he's done this in his other books. So this is something, if you're a fan of his, you just become accustomed to. But this is pretty rare that you see this kind of stuff where there is absolutely no quotation marks. There isn't a quotation mark in the whole thing. And someone pointed out the picture on the back. That's how I read it. If you look at the picture on the back of this cover, that's that facial expression. He's like, oh, I'll write a book. Yep. Yeah. How are the fuck I want to write a book? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> the face of a man who's like, you bought it. This is I'm, how I write. I'm very comfortable in this chair yep. and in my life. Enjoy my you. my neighbor whenever I want to. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, there, I'll fuck your neighbor. Yeah, Bring <laughs> pass my book. That around. was actually the original I'll, title. I'll fuck I'll your fuck neighbor. I'll adopt your grandson <laughs> <laughs> and get him a dog. Bring your dog bring and your... let him walk up the creek by himself. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered. I wondered about a plot point that I I, I, I I think some people struggled with that others didn't. Um, did anyone else wonder why Lewis got sick after the first time? He stayed over. He stayed over. It was simple and kind of strange. He had trouble sleeping because it was a weird experience. And then he got sick immediately and couldn't go back to the house. And she's like, why aren't you coming over? And he's like, I'm sick. He had to go to the hospital. I didn't, I didn't wonder why, but I did make myself a note. There's the the instigator in town, the bakery man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Pushing his buttons. Dolan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say Delroy for some reason. <laughs> Dolan. Same difference. I I am making a passionate stand. For the bakery man, oh. for his gossip. Hey, hold so on a second say, here. Oh boy. So he, okay, put it, put yourself in bakery man's shoes. This guy goes over to his house. No sex happens, but he gets and then gets a UTI so bad he has to go to the hospital. That story doesn't add up. What man. are you talking? So you're thinking? Do you think <laughs> if I was bakery man, if I heard that these two guys went over there, no sex happened, and then someone got a UTI so bad they had to go to the hospital for a week. The story doesn't add up. So you're saying you are distrustful of the narrator, that the narrator is not telling the truth. That's that right. Baker That's man right. Is telling the first two truth. chapters, I side with Baker Get out of here. No, I side Get with Baker Man. Fuck out of here. I brought all these mics from home. <laughs> <laughs> a bakery man um, may have a point. He's just got questions. Bakery man, right. I think, is, in, is insecure, and uh, bakery man wants that in his own life. He wants to have a, a late night lady partner. Yeah, yes, yeah. And he doesn't. He goes to the bakery once a week, talks to his fellows, and that's all. But I wondered, I just wondered why he got sick. I didn't know why. <coughs> what, why, why did the author write that? Why, why were we de delaying their second time? Why well, did, uh, the, again, the, the, the whole story came off a bit like a, a, a beautiful illustrative graph to me. And uh, that, that was just this, this tough entry. Mm. Uh, and he, he was just, it could have it meant anything, but it was like, the circumstances are that these two people's feelings uh, just need to wait for a second. Yeah. And, mm. and then that happens, mm -hmm. and they get through it. And it, it didn't, I, I noticed it, and I liked it, and I didn't really think too much of it until you brought it up. But I, yeah. the, that's how it, that's I think, how it uh -huh. Yeah, I think, too, like, there was something, I loved Addie so much. Like, there was something so interesting about a woman of that age. Badass. Well, and, like, a woman of my age, I think that I'm more conditioned now, like, to feel my feelings and be like, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. like a woman in her 70s who was married to one person, has never been with anyone else, going up to that man and making that sort of declaration mm -hmm. is incredibly brave and strange. And the way she does it is very gentle. But of course, she must be nervous. So I thought it was really nice to give it, I think like a legitimate 
it shows space to breathe to like make her mm. feel like I've made this move mm. and I'm brave, but also I'm terrified. And it shows her fear of abandonment right away because she yeah. goes yeah, to the hospital. He sleeps, he sleeps over once and then she goes to the hospital being like, hey, just checking in. Yeah. Like, and then the yeah. monologue that they both had, it was, I mean, the shit that we all do since we're teenagers. Of like, oh, I was thinking that you're probably thinking this and I wasn't <laughs> sure how it, I could say it without actually saying that. Absolutely. Uh, is the case. Yeah. yeah, I liked yeah. that bit. That was the first time it seemed that it just gave them something to think about and to brood about. And exactly mm-hmm. like you say, mm-hmm. oh, I wrote that letter. How long till they, mm-hmm. I get replied? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. Or yeah, even yeah, though yeah. they were worried about each other, something to do. Yeah, <laughs> it gives them time to both ponder their own feelings about the experience and then sort of come together. We get to be with them individually while they're separate after that first experience and seeing how they... What comes next? Like you said, Jimmy, that, ooh, should I, is it going to happen again? How does she feel? How do I feel? There's Um, also, like, just from his perspective, I mean, getting so sick that you have to go to the hospital is just a reminder of their age and the mortality and, like, the stakes Mm. of this, too. Great point. I think so. I don't know. Great point. There's something about that where you're like, okay, right. There's, like, YOLO moment, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to take the shortest of breaks and come back with some voicemails, (gasps) some emails, and more about our souls at night. Stay tuned. Layered. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than 20 bucks a month, you get four to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure to head to lootcrate.com slash Nate, enter code Nate, to save three bucks on a brand new subscription. I just got my first box. There's a t-shirt. There's a Labyrinth t-shirt with uh, Bowie on there. Dance, magic, dance. There's some socks, some Harry Potter stuff. There's a 20-sided die. If you like science fiction, there's a pin in here. There's a thing from the Vikings show. There's, this is a cool bracelet. That's from another Vikings show. And then a cool poster. A video game poster. Yes. Uh, All this stuff comes to your house. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate, like I just did with you. They guarantee 40 bucks in value in every crate. Sometimes it's a lot more. And each box is a different theme. Star Wars, Marvel, The Walking Dead, Legend of Zelda. The onslaught of uh, big summer blockbusters makes May the perfect time to celebrate some of pop culture's unstoppable, unrelenting, and unbeatable characters and objects. We've got something you can carry, something for your kitchen, and a cool figure to go with our monthly tea and pin featuring two Marvel items plus Warcraft and Dragon Ball Z. No one crate should have all this power. Remember, you only have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. When the cutoff happens, it's over. So go to lootcrate, L-O-O-T-C-R-A-T-E dot com slash Nate, enter code Nate, and save three bucks today. We're back. It's act two. It's a book club. Uh, Jimmy and Sam are here. Susanna, Julie, Ryan. We're all sitting around a table. Old faces. Old faces and new faces. We're real talking about old faces. Real, real old faces. Old broken <clears throat> faces. You know who I'm talking about. Um, we have some emails and some voicemails. Ooh, Sam was uh, smart enough to set up a reading aloud voicemail account 
Uh, so you can call in and share with us your thoughts about the book, the current book that we're reading for the book club. Mm -hmm. And we got some messages. Uh, and I just wanted to point out, for the record, na names I tried to get for the call-in number that they wouldn't give me, they would not give me book butt, Aww. book nut, uh, Nate butt, <laughs> Nate yay. None of these I've submitted. Turns out none of those. How did Nate butt not? Dude, Nate, Nate butt. That's, <laughs> that's what I thought available. that would be an instant hit. That's the first one I went with. And Google Voice was like, no, you can have a couple numbers and read, maybe. I like Ugh. how you pretend you don't know that that number's taken. It's so weird. Don't worry, but let's move on. <laughs> I have some, I want to go to email first. I have some emails. Uh, let's go first to uh, Yelena. Um, thank you so much for writing, Yelena. I was shocked to know that the author was actually dying as he was writing the novel. I can't even imagine how much strength and courage he must have had to get up, sit down at the desk, and write a chapter every day no matter what, and at the same time realizing that it was going to be his last work, last chance to say to the readers everything he wanted to say. It is no surprise that the theme of death constantly appears in the novel, mostly in the memories of the characters. It seems like the author ponders on all the aspects of death, its diversity, and people's attitude towards it. Naturally, during their candid night conversations, Addie and Lewis raised this eternal question, which the author was probably asking himself, too. What's going to happen to us after our death? Is it really the end of us? And this passage I particularly loved. Aren't you afraid of death? Not like I was. I've come to believe in some kinds of afterlife, a return to our true selves, a spirit self. We're just in this physical body till we go back to spirit. I don't know if I believe that, Addie said. Maybe you're right. I hope you are. We'll see, won't we? But not yet. Uh, thank you, Yelena, for pointing that out. I thought that passage was like really sweet as well. And when you're considering where the author was uh, in his own life writing that, it gives it a whole other layer. I have another email from David Diamond. Um, Our Souls at Night was not my cup of tea. This is the king of understatements. I understand that this book's author is no longer with us, and I understand what a personal thing it is to write a book, and I feel strongly that you should not speak ill of the dead, so I'll be as polite as I possibly can. I load this book with the hate of a thousand trumps. <laughs> this is the bakery man. <laughs> this is bakery man. The first thing that bothered me was the punctuation. No quote, quotation marks for dialogue. Maybe this is what the kids are doing these days, but I've never heard of such a thing. This made the dialogue a little hard to follow. But why let a little quirk get in the way of a good story? Then there was the writing itself. It felt really immature to me, like a youth book. It felt to me like a fourth grader was writing this book, trying to imagine what grown-ups would be doing and talking about when they were by themselves. When Lewis spoke or acted i felt like i had been written by a woman that had never met a man the parts about Addie seemed like they were written by an alien nothing rang true there's bad writing there's bad storytelling but i did not care for the story people sleeping together so they wouldn't be lonely this seems so totally foreign but i accepted the premise and read on then later wow. lewis is trying to justify to his daughter a tawdry relationship they don't actually have further on they're going downtown and trying to be a couple why couldn't they just be normal human people being friends with each other it just went nowhere for me i'll just leave it there Oh yeah, that one. A heady, Kent heady definitely person. slept with that guy's wife. Yeah, Thank for you, sure. one hundred percent. David, I appreciate your. I'd like opinions. to have a nighttime relationship with that guy. That's please, <laughs> please continue to write in. Uh, Ashley also wrote in. She said, "I am so conflicted about this book." Well, kind of. Mostly, I didn't like it at all. But in the <laughs> beginning, it seemed so charming. Haruf uses more of a conversational tone in this book. No quotation marks. It's a little over 170 pages, so it just feels quaint as you hold it and begin reading. It's been a while since I've read it, but when I first started this book, it reminded me a lot of Tuesdays with Maury. 
I jumped right into the story and took off describing what amounted to a summer fling. The problems for me started about halfway through. Initially, I loved hearing about all the secrets and quirks and life stories of the two main characters shared with each other. The relationship seemed almost too sweet, but it wasn't. It was just kind of weird. To begin with, Addie, the 70-year-old lady, asks Lewis, the 70-year-old guy, to come sleep at her house. I guess that's not super strange, super in italics, but they are 70, all capitals, years old. I know some pretty young old people, but that just seems so weird. People describe them as sneaking around in the book, and it's just difficult for me to picture 70-year-old people sneaking around together. So if you can't be down with that premise, this book is just not for you. Yeah, you no. could bring a lot to this. You could have a bit of a confirmation bias and be like, oh, I don't believe old people uh, should live more than 70. Right. And throw it down. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, it is I'm, one of those. I'm confused. And, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, I was just going to say that, uh, but to Dave and Ashley, Dave, Ashley? Yes. Yeah, to their points, I would say also that there are people in this story who agree with them. Like Jean and Absolutely. like there are people who and think Holly, that yeah, who, who don't believe that these people should be having yes. this way. Yeah. Yes. That it's imp- inappropriate. And yeah. we're all excited about our late life affairs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also I, I, I mean the foundation sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say I, I I couldn't tell whether I mean it seems a little bit like I when people describe it as quaint, I, I feel like they're saying why does anybody care about late life affairs? But then there's also all this sort of puritanical like judging of the yes. thing. So I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of the the dialogue of the of the book. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Was it was it you that were saying that when you read the cell phone, it took you out of it? I think we both. You, you yeah. yeah. I, some of the tones go in and out of like what t- what time period does this take place in? Because you're right. Sometimes it's a quaint like Mayberry esque town, and then other times it's like more progressive. It like depends like. What, on, yeah, on, on who's in the town like some people are very old-timey and offended but, by it like even his son is young but very old gene oh, so is very pure, old-timey yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely i mean even down to the fact that his name is gene yeah um the whole ex- oh no i was just gonna say um i i think one thing i thought the sort of um it ties in a few of the points that you you touched on one being the the sort of sparse punctuation and the simple sentences and the it feels like it was written like a fourth by a fourth grader or whatever that mm-hmm. person said yeah um it feels like very no frills in the sense that it, it it almost feels a little bit more like a journal entry in a way that made me feel like the realism was more immediate because it wasn't sort of there wasn't a lot of like florid language between yes. me and the experience yes so i was sort of like oh he did this he did that the dog had this thing on his paw and then yes. this happened so i felt like he was just describing things that happened to him yeah did you feel that way too that excitement yeah when a, when a writer I, does that's that, what i liked about I it i fucking love yeah. that so uh, it, it just based on your own tastes but so but, there is yeah. like the don delillo description of a, of a room and the jonathan franzen or the david foster wallace right. description of anything and that has its it has its weight and importance and you're watching a mind deconstruct not as much weight as Jonathan Franzen thinks it has but yeah don't fucking dare (laughs) and then there's something like this where 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 the final the final moments of them interacting with each other um as people Mm. uh when they are they uh it's two sentences and the few times they happened to me at the grocery store or on the street they looked at each other and said hello but that was it I mean that takes such fucking balls and confidence as a writer to say I'm gonna give you two sentences and I'm gonna trust that you already know what's happening and you're gonna be more affected by that than any word I could use exactly I I also put the 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 sickness after the first encounter in that same category of oh this is just a document of things that happened like as much as we can ascribe importance to it and the symbolism of it or giving them a 
a moment or, or we can sort of read into it and that may be what he intended. Yeah. I, to me, it was just sort of, it followed the very plain, um, like this happened and then that happened and then he got sick and then she got confused and then they worked it out. And they, yeah. Speaking yeah. on your take, which I, I agree with, and, and it's, it's kind of in, in contrast to the, the takes the last two two uh, uh, emailers had. It uh, I experienced, and I, and this is why I maybe wasn't super hard on Lewis or Addy or or, or the story itself, is because it came off to me like a very like lucid fever dream, almost like um, the uh, that uh, like that uh, that recent Kaufman movie Anomalisa. I found it so mm. affecting because I wasn't like falling for these. Cartoons. It was the reflection. It was the it was the reflection on me. Yes. It was the commentary on what's happening, and so that's that's why I found the way he it, it unfolded so clearly, almost magically, like in a, like a like yeah. a fever. It was just it's like without bias. Like he just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He said, like, "I'm gonna just give this to you, and I trust that you and your own life experiences are gonna make this even more than yeah. It and you own... won't get hung up on some yeah. kind yeah, of yeah. You're shit. gonna yeah. project your own life into it, and I also think that the. This, what I will say about the cell phone thing is, although it did take me out of it, it also felt like this is what an, a 70-year-old person thinks, that, oh, he's got this phone that he's bringing in the other room with the dog. You know, it, it does, it, it, if you boil it down to its simplest elements, these people did not grow up with the, it's yes. like you're seeing it through their perspective, which is that it's just this weird phone that he's this kid's bringing everywhere. It yes. doesn't yes. work into their yes, world differently. Yeah, 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 I don't know. Yeah, like, no, I, I. The way I, it's treated is, is it's in old-timey language because that's how they see this weird technology. Absolutely. I think as well, a lot of the like simple phrasing and what seem like throwaway platitudes, it depends who you are and what you bring to it as a reader. To them, someone of this age who says life is hard, that, that, that means something. They're, they're mm. referring to everything that they've ever put that phrase yeah. to. Yes. So it can seem somewhat glib and quick when they... They th throw out a few of those. Oh, do you believe in sin? I believe in failures of character. Yes. It, you can just glance over it and be like, oh, yeah. But no, that's, that's a life experience that's coming to bear in that. This book, more than any other book I've read in the last year, I've wanted to give to my mother and father. Like, I want them to read it. And I want to hear their points of view on, is this strange? Are, 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 mm -hmm. do, you, are you, uh, do you feel out of touch with these people? Do you, are, can, you, um, can you connect with them? Are there things that you have in common? Because they've lived full lives. They're in their 60s and 70s. And... I wonder how an older reader would look at this book as opposed to a, a younger reader. I was going to bring it. I'm, I take my grandmother for brunch every Sunday. I'm going to take it to her this Sunday. She always asks if I have any good I'll books to recommend. To oh. yes. Right. yes. I'll bring it to yeah. her. Yes. All right. You bring it to her. Let's play a voicemail. Hi. This is Erin uh, from Atlanta. I really enjoyed the book. I thought I was going to be overly distracted at first when the Dialogue was not in quotations as, as normal, but I quickly got used to the style. Um, I loved the pacing of the book, and some parts it felt kind of slow, but I thought it was appropriate. And just yelling at Gene for being so incredibly selfish <laughs> of what he did to them at the, at the end by separating them for literally no reason. Um, so I was very glad that I read this book and look forward to the discussion. Uh, thank you, Aaron from Atlanta for calling in. Sweet um, Aaron. Oh yeah. Sweet, sweet Aaron. I, I, I agree with all of that. I think G Gene was such a fun, he was so easy to get frustrated by. I thought I just, I, 
really he brought such an interesting it was a new color it was like all of a sudden the color orange just oh, showed up it was lovely and when he says when his when his son um uh he shows up at the house and he greets the dog for the first time and uh before he starts this sort of tirade about what they should, whether or not they should be doing it, um, uh, Jamie knelt down in front of her and petted her and took her outside to play in the yard. Stay out of the street, Gene said. I mean, I, I, I like that Gene said that at that moment because his sister died in the street. <laughs> uh, it's just one quick, small uh, sentence, and it just reminded us that Gene, like all of us, has things, uh, has traumatic situations from our past that is affecting his present yeah gene is the is the us still in middle age holding on to all the shit that's going to yes. to really mess us up i love how clearly he's able to to voice that character just uh mom uh, i only have a month left uh oh why what happened the, the business went down what happened it wasn't me mom like she doesn't yes. even ask yes what yes. did you do wrong yeah totally well he's very into you know, I don't know, even just the way that he sort of like deflects blame and mm -hmm. projects it onto other people about, you know, his own marriage. Well, yeah. There's a wonder, yeah, there's a wonderful moment where um, he, I forget the context, but I think there are, he's like, you uh, you guys shouldn't be together. And Jamie's been crying at night. And she goes, well, I think he started doing that when you left him here. And he goes, well, I had to. <laughs> Like right. in like that, yeah. that's such like you can hear his voice so clearly, yes. such a whiny <laughs> child. But as an adult, he's like, you know that, right? No, I had to leave him here. My wife is. And, and the like, author is basically saying like, these young people don't have the wisdom and life yeah, yeah. experience basically. to understand what yeah. the two heroes of yeah. this book exactly. do. Well, he doesn't the, have the gravitas as like a human being to understand what they're up against. Absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. the thing that made my the thing that made my heart like crack open was that line where he says he's just like going after Lewis like you can't you're gonna you're not gonna marry There's my mother money. for her money yeah. for her money yeah and he has the discussion with Addie afterwards and she says how little you must think of me yes yeah. yes yes oh yes. my god yeah oh, oh my god. god so great it's so fucking oh, great horrible um and sad let's play another um if I may let's see here great yeah, intro uh, hi this is Betsy Basom I am a Spanish teacher mother Sorry. of Loki Kitty and I just finished Our Souls at Night, and I really enjoyed reading it. It was quick. It had short chapters. The language is simple, beautiful. Um, there were a couple times I had to backtrack to figure out who was talking because there's no quotation marks or anything. But that's okay. I really liked Addie's character at the beginning. I thought, wow, she's a strong woman. I loved in Chapter 2 when she said, I made up my mind. I'm not going to pay attention to what people think. I've done that too long all my life. And I was just thinking, oh, you go, girl. I wish we could all come to that conclusion early in life. Uh, yeah, we need to all not think about what other people think. But in the end, she started thinking about what other people think. So, uh, Lewis, I liked his character. He was, he was really a sweet guy. He seemed to have some self-esteem issues. He would say, I don't think I was a great teacher, a great person. Uh, and he definitely had some serious guilt stemming from that affair he had long ago. But um, we discovered he had a nice heart, um, especially when Jamie, Addie's grandson, comes to live with uh, Addie. I love how Lewis mentors him. Uh, my favorite part is when he, Lewis is teaching the little guy baseball. Yeah, that I'm gonna stop it there because it goes on for a while. But that that story is when he get, when he teaches him what a baseball mitt is. 
buys it at the hardware store and teaches him how, like how to put it on his hand mm-hmm. and it, and you see him becoming better at it slowly over oh, the, the course the of the baseball part was your favorite part Nate that's so weird <laughs> <laughs> you like to feel the glove don't you I'm doing this podcast with a catcher's mitt on on my left hand um uh, thank you, Betsy, for the call. Uh, and I also, there's one other thing. I thought there's another email. Was there another email that I missed? Uh, I could write you one. Do you want me to? Yeah, maybe if you could send me one really quickly. Oh, I wanted to, um, there was another passage that at the very end of, um, just another, just six words, one sentence that said so much, and it shows the power of this of this author when he is visiting her in the hospital at the end. She's conflicted. Well, she isn't conflicted. She, she's made a decision. I need to stay with my grandson. I have to make this choice. I'm, um, it's late in life, and I have to choose him over you. And I have to keep my family. Um, I can't help it. I have to keep up. I have to keep to my family. And he says, let me be your family. Uh. And the fucking sentence, I just, let me be your family is... Um, uh, it's just, it said so much. Sometimes you read one sentence and it says, um, you could fill up paragraphs with that one sentence and I guess it's really beautiful. I did have a thought of just, I was a little, I love, I really love this book. I really enjoyed it. And it wasn't until I think Addie was so willing to be separated from Lewis that I was a little, I, I was a little taken aback by how quickly that happened and how willing she was to be separated from him. Yeah. Only I, because they'd been so happy and sort of brave in their decision to be together up until that point i wasn't i don't know i i wish i mean for drama's sake of course like it, it makes the most sense but yeah there was something about it like why wouldn't they just be each other's family why wouldn't is, they just there, there was yeah. an element i guess that they what they did enjoy was what they got to keep from it was the fact that when they were like oh i didn't realize that i still had the potential to have this in my life. I didn't know that it was still possible at our age to have this excitement and this, and just being able to take that away, knowing that there's a possibility that you're not, that that wasn't the end. It Mm. just gives you, it gives you a little bit of vim to go on and be like, oh, that wasn't the end. I wasn't supposed to just curl up and die. There are potentialities still. Yeah. Even more so, I think it's, I think you're you're right. And I had the initial reaction. I had to go back and read excuse me, the last chunk again, because I had that reaction at first. of like, well, fuck, man. But uh, I don't know. There's something about the story as a whole. It makes a whole lot of sense to me now, this, this ending, because basically he's articulated throughout the whole story. You know, um, you realize what matters. You realize what matters, but it doesn't make you some kind of like a wizard able to like banish things away. So like right. you have the the bakery guy, and and Lewis deals with that. He dispels it because he can. But the world, as much as important as love is, the world isn't just that. It actually is bigger, and there is mm. this element. There's these other elements, and some of them can't be bakery guyed off. And so I think what she does is by doing this, she's actually making this safe place for a safer place for her and Lewis than before mm. when there was conflict conflict mm. and 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 what she gives him is this darkness with nobody watching and maybe he'll be mostly on the phone now but that's where they found each other anyway in the dark yeah and so they're they're there and it, it makes it makes sense it makes sense to me because the world is big and it's 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 trouble it's more than but you can you can you can <laughs> still celebrate what's important yeah 
Well said. I also f- I also felt like um, I shouldn't talk after someone says well said about another person's comment. Yeah, good but, luck. <laughs> top that. Man. Uh, I, I also felt like there's something about um, they're trying to, it, it's like a sacrosanct thing. And once it starts to get dramatic and messy and conflicty, um, it's in a way, I mean, there's like a little bit of martyrdom to like, I'm going to step back and like, let this live in my memory in the way that it was meant to before it started to like erode because of all these other people. So mm-hmm. to an extent, it's like, she'd rather pull back and let it be this like thing that she gets to remember in a certain way, instead of like witnessing its slow demise as she has to choose between her family and him. And, you know, yeah. so maybe it's partly that she just didn't want to like sully it with a slow. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. It the, it, is it, I think what, in this the second reading what made me go like ah oh, i think i'm going to look at it this way it's she is it cold there dear it, yeah. she calls there's a closeness a sweetness and it's there yeah and they have each other yeah dear is it cold there yeah yeah um i, I we're going to start wrapping it up but before i want to go around the room and ask everyone sort of final thoughts <coughs> about the novel if they would recommend it to someone but th- the last thing i wanted to talk about was just nature that the concept of n- the natural world in this novel and what it brings to us, it's always being described in beautiful ways. It's always beautiful. It's never aggressive. It's always sort of a, an aesthetic like advancement. The smell and the touch of rain are a good thing. The breezes coming through the bedroom window are a good thing. The cold of the creek that they skinny dip in, um, the heat, uh, the farmland, the camping experience, the camping chapter is fucking amazing like that mm-hmm. is the dream camping experience mm-hmm. that we all mm-hmm. are trying to experience <laughs> this is a writer who not only loves like colorado but loves nature and i wonder if that jumped out at anyone else like the way that he describes the natural world i was jealous of the fact that because he was like oh yeah let's just go camping and they they weren't glamping they took a tent and they're yeah. 70 and he's like oh what if there's a bear he's like oh the dog will bark yeah right i'm like i would i get i get scared going yeah, yeah. camping like that yeah like, absolutely I think it was also a window into this town, like where this town is, what this town is like. You just drive west 30 miles and you're at the foothills of these amazing mountains that still have snow on them in July. Also, oh, it was midweek. I don't know. Yes, like, yeah. Which was really interesting. That's such a great I mean, description. It, it was like a Tuesday. It was such a brief. Like, being just old, the, man. Being old. Yeah, Hell being yeah. on Tuesday. Being old and, and you know, but and I think this was a theme too, like the sort of gentrification of youth into the town, like the way that on, on the weekends the RVs come. And when Ruth dies, a young family moves in. And when Addie moves away, this young family rents. Like, there's an interesting, like, encroaching of this youthful presence mm. into this simpler, older presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also a great moment. You were talking about, like, uh, when he's like, well, what happens if bears come? And he's just so calm. And he's like, oh, the dog will bark. There's also a great <laughs> moment. And they go, uh, they go down to the stream. And Addie says something like, uh, where are we? Like, whose property is this? And Lewis is like, uh, he says, he's like, I want to say, like, Mike? Yeah, like it's not even it's just somebody. <laughs> right. This is somebody's property, and he's like, and she's like, well, what if he comes here? And he goes, oh, he's, a, he's a student of mine. Yeah, he's a good kid. Yeah, like yeah. his fucks given her zero. He's just great. Yeah, yeah, all the, all the time. It's yeah. nice to think as well that obviously they've been to these places so many times, and it's that thing of if you're in a new relationship and you go somewhere that you were there with the ex, and it's like. I'm going to keep that at bay and yeah, it's, yeah, I'm going yeah. to enjoy applying a new yes, memory yes. To, this, to this place. Absolutely. Like, go over it again one Absolutely. more time. Take that. Absolutely. Um, I want to send it around the room here. Um, starting with you, Jimmy, mm-hmm. your, your sort of final thoughts on this book. Are you, how do you feel about it? How many stars do you get it? Would you recommend it to a, a friend or neighbor? Um, yeah, I would, I would absolutely give it 
I would give it four out of four stars for how it affected me. I thought it was so clear. I love that you brought up the uh, the nature and just his appreciation of tactility in general yeah. versus, like, say, the, the cell phone. Um, just this repeated articulation of how how fucking nice the world is yeah. to be in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, 100%. Four awesome. stars. Super easy. And you can read it in, in a day. You can read it in a day. Yeah, it's a very accessible, Thank you for book. asking me to read it. My pleasure. Thank you for sure. coming. Sam Kiefer. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd absolutely recommend it. It's uh, just like Jimmy said, um, it's going to trigger something different for each person. The, the people that called in or wrote in that didn't like the book, I wish they would have done a little more work. You know, like the book sucks. You'd be like, uh, why? Because it, it made you think something that was a severe negative. You know, like, so it definitely, it, it can't be bad if it made you, you know, triggered something like that. Right. I There was a moment... Um, I read this. I read this book. Uh, it definitely triggered some, some like uh, you know, inherent thoughts about aging in me. There's a moment I was reading this book. There's a if you're in Los Angeles, there's a hotel on Hollywood Boulevard called the called the Roosevelt, and they have a very nice pool. And the weekends uh, in the morning, uh, nobody's there, and you just go out and like read. And then about halfway through the day, <laughs> it becomes like they're trying to compete with like these Vegas pool parties where it's just like EDM music. And kids on those like wheelie hoverboard things, those oh, like yeah. two wheel yeah. things, yeah. and just it's just like kids. It's like noon on a, a Saturday. It's just shots and and dancing. Yeah. So I'm reading this book and I'm sitting on like <laughs> oh one, my god. No no no. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 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 laying on one of the like long chairs thing and uh, uh, I'm so, so enwrapped in the book. I don't realize it's moving into the party. Like it's coming from regular <laughs> pool party. I swear to this kid comes up to me and he goes uh, he goes. Hey, are you are you using that? And I was like, "What's up?" And he's like, "Are you the thing you're laying on?" He's like, "Are you using that?" That and you I was were like, laying on? Yeah, that I'm laying on. I'm awesome. laying. I'm fucking That's laying awesome. on it. And I was like, "What?" He's like, are you, "He's with like two or three guys. He's got some people over there, some girls over there, and they all have beers." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fucking reading a book on it." And he goes, "No, but like," and points to like the party. And I was like, "I don't what." And he's like. Are you like, are you going to like lay here and read them? Like, yeah, I'm going to lay here and read my book. And I swear to God, he doesn't even, doesn't even walk away in front of me across the pool. He goes, he says he's fucking using it. He's reading a book. Wow. He's reading a fucking book. And his friends across the pool, I watch them with their beers. Like the, the, like the boldness of youth, they go like. Wow. And it was, the, that was those moments I was like, oh, I'm 70. I'm 70 years old. Wow. You're reading a book out of the audacity. Wow. I was out reading this book. How fucking uh, dare you. But yeah, but like, and then like, so that factored in. So yeah, go read it and go read it and see how, see how it makes you think about old people and youth and how old you are. It's funny because Susanna, I think, read this out loud at the pool at, uh, at Planet Hollywood in <laughs> Vegas <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> and people actually dug it. People really liked it. Um, tell me about your experience with this book. Um, I, I really loved it. I read it on a plane. And um, it was, yeah, I mean, I, I, there was a, an older woman sitting next to me who was trying mm. very hard not to be older with all of her like surgeries and like studded bags and stuff. Um, and I just was looking over at her feeling older than her, um, mm. and, and reading this very simple, like sweet sort of accepting, accepting age and what it means as I sat next to this like insane woman who was sort of acting like she was 21, but really she was quite old. Mm. Um, and talking about Trump a lot also, she really likes him. Sure. Um, I loved it. I wanted to share it with my grandmother. I want to share it with my therapist. I want to share it with everybody <laughs> else who I talk to intellectually about everything. So yeah, I, I really, really loved it. It's very simple and emotional and like 
it's it's one of those books that you can read it quickly and not think much or you can really get deep with it and if you go to it and read it when it is when you're feeling something or you're feeling a little like introspective or it's raining out or whatever you can have a totally different transformative experience reading this book absolutely i like books like that absolutely yeah Yeah, this is a rain read julie charbett yeah i um, i also really loved it really enjoyed it just like simple beautiful storytelling and um really respectful of like just places in life, like a way to look at something and sort of remove yourself, remove your ego from what you're reading and just enjoy something that you maybe haven't gotten to in your life yet. Um, I think if I were to recommend this, I would probably, and I, this, I say this not having done so myself, but I'd probably recommend people to start with maybe his other books only because I feel Mm. like there are layers in this book that I missed um, not having read his other books. Like that character, Stanley, who is like the wheat farmer who comes in for one chapter, I yeah. was like, who is this? Yeah, this yeah, must yeah. be in another book. Like, this yes. guy must be somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. so cool and weird. There's some Keelery thing going on. Yeah, yeah, it was just so... And in a couple chapters, they or in one chapter, they go to Denver to see a play, and I'm pretty sure that he's referencing his own play, Benediction. Um, wow. Because they sort of mentioned that was yeah. the book like, they came up before. He wrote it about the town and, and the people in it. And they did a production yeah, of it at the, the Denver Center. Girl. Yeah. And I think that that was a very meta chapter. Whoa, yeah. And I wish I had just, I, just, I wish I knew more layers of like where his worldview oh, in this town yeah, came from. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Um, so that, that I would just recommend. And also he's a beautiful writer. So I'm sure his other books are great. Um, and I can't let this moment slip by without mentioning that I did love, there was a lot of really beautiful and touching feminism like feminist interesting characters these women who were at this point of their lives where they all they have left are lessons and bravery and autonomy and like resolution incredibly moving and incredibly unusual so i really love that yeah yeah ruth too as well yeah ruth holding that boy's hands and saying you've got a spot on your shirt <laughs> oh, so oh yeah. Spot on your shirt. It's there. It's there. I meant to mention earlier. Speaking of, there's a great Addie line. Would she say something? She's like, like before they are physically intimate. The suavest thing I've ever heard. She's like, you want to do what everybody thinks we're doing? Yeah. Dude, yeah. that's the fucking. I would yeah. kill to say that yeah. to a woman someday. Like, oh you want to do what we all think we're doing? Like, yeah. I hope this will be made into a film. I, I, it's it's so filmable. It's so cinematic. Hopefully someone won't ruin mm-hmm. it, but it's uh, it's very movie-like. Ryan Cartwright, yeah. your thoughts? I loved it. Recommend it. Uh, I think it is one of those you could give a cursive read to. It's like the th- it's not the words. It's what's under them. I think yes. you could... It, it deserves to... You don't have to brood all day, but if you just take a little extra time with, with some of the sentences... Uh, and I think that that probably is, it does help in a way with without quotation marks that you would go back and say, well, who said this? The only way I can figure it out is if I think, well, what's, what does it mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why would they say that? Oh, mm-hmm. he would say because he means this. Right. Uh, yeah, and it's nice, I think, as well for pretty youthful people. It's nice to read something like this because it gives you a bit of foresight. Yes. To, to, it makes you think about what what thoughts will be important. What are we going to regret what are we going to look back on it's uh yeah it's a nice little tender icy hand reminder again uh, yeah i really yeah i really but in a nice way like yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah I, I really liked it i really loved it too i thought it was um 
so poignant and moving and thoughtful um, and spare in all the right places. I love this universe. I want to spend more time in this town. I'm going to go back and read his other books because I, this this universe is a universe that I like. It reminds it re- reminds me of um, of New England in, in a kind of a small kind of charming like just small town. Grover's Corners. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and there um, like my favorite movie. Of the of the millennium is is in the bedroom, and there are elements of small town older folks suffering, dealing with that movie is about like a, a very new uh, trauma that they have to experience. But there's an older guy who has a friendship with a with a young boy, and seeing it just I don't know it it it, um, it reminded me of that story, um, which is based on an Andre Debus short story um, called The Killing. But uh, Our Souls at Night, I think, is well worth your time, and it is a book that will stay with me. Uh, this this will yeah, this absolutely. won't be going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so thank you all for coming. Thank you, Nick. and thank, thank you for you. being a part of this book club. And next uh, next month's choice is uh, inspired, unfortunately, by the passing of the author. But it's a book that I've been wanting to read forever and every time i see it on a book in a bookstore uh shelf or i'm with a friend they always say have you read this book and i always say no and then they roll their eyes at me and say be smarter and i say okay <laughs> i was like what kind of friend are you saying that to me <laughs> the book is written by Catherine dunn it's called geek love it was published in 1989 it was a finalist for the national book award and she just passed away a couple weeks ago and i feel like it's a timely uh, time to read this book and uh, give it a once over. It's um, fiction. It deals with um, uh, the human genome and the idea of family. It's about these people who are in a traveling carnival who start to build, um, uh, they breed uh, freak show artists. And, uh, and people love it and people hate it. And so it's about sort of, um, you know, is that good? Is that bad? Yeah, Etc. But people say Geek Love is an incredible book and get four stars and good reads. So that is next month's choice. Catherine Dunn, Geek Love. Get into it. Uh, for Ryan and Julie and Susanna and Sam and Jimmy, my name is Nick Cordry. You've been listening to Reading Aloud. Thanks so much for joining us. And um, I love you, Sam. I love you, Nick. <laughs> oh, you hit me like a hurricane! Hey everyone, Scott Ackerman here, and I want to tell you that the Comedy Bang Bang show is going on tour. We're on tour right now. Me, Paul F. Tompkins, Lauren Lapkus, Neil Campbell for half of it, and Mike Hanford for the other half. And you can get in on the madness even without a ticket by following Earwolf on Snapchat. We'll be taking snaps during shows on the road and behind the scenes. And remember, you can hear every single live show the next day on Howl. Use the code CBBLIVE at Howl.FM when you sign up, and you'll get one month for free. Thanks, and I'll see you soon in a city near you. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.